Hello and welcome to Renegade Mama. I am your host, Natalie Rees. Today on the show, I speak with Mama of Five, Christy Castledine. Christy says that she and her husband had their kids in two sets, the first two, then the next three. She started in one world with her first and ended in the other with her last. From C-section to free birth, from vaccinating to not vaccinating, from five months breastfeeding to five years breastfeeding, her experiences are really worlds apart. What I love about Christy's story is that it shows us how we can all grow and evolve and not to have judgment on ourselves or on others when things are done differently and for us to remember where we have come from. It makes me wonder where I will grow and evolve to next, and maybe it'll do the same for you. Enjoy this episode with the wonderful Christy. Okay, well, welcome, Christy, to The Renegade Mama. It is wonderful to have you here. Um, (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and about your family, maybe? Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Um, So uh, first and foremost, I am wifey to Chris and mum of five. Um, um, (laughs) uh, I do aged care for a cross, but I also um, support families through birth and through end of life as well. Wonderful. Um, that's, That's me. Yeah, we were chatting before we started, and I think your story is really interesting because you've got a 20 year old. (laughs) <laughs> and you've got a baby it's like you've got a real diverse um experience um and you said that you parented your first two very differently to your first Do you want to tell me about that <laughs> my, my eldest reminds me of this a lot <laughs> um jovially of course yes um but yes um where I was brought up a sort of um authoritarian style um I'm very close with my mum but um yes I sort of um did what I was told you know the whole um kids are seen and not be heard type thing um about a decade ago maybe we really um switched up um our parenting we took our elder two out of school started homeschooling um and just really gradually sort of changed to gentle child-led parenting Mm -hmm. was there any particular event that happened that made you think question like the way you were parenting or was it just very gradual that certain things started coming into your psyche going oh maybe this is a better or different way to do things or more aligned for me yeah yeah no no one um experience it was it was very gradual really it was it was very natural um it just um while pregnant with number three I sort of really went into myself more um as opposed to trusting them so much Mm -hmm. and um, there was so much in my first two that I, in myself, that I would quash that I didn't feel right. But um, I trust them, and they know better, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it it was gradual, um, but once I started listening to my instincts and my inner voice, um, it was very, um, yeah, strong, strong soul. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You yeah, keep, um, yeah, the growth can be really fast. Sometimes you're like, you start letting it in. You're like, Oh my God, <laughs> here I am. Um, yeah. And then even go backwards sometimes. Like if, if you, um, blow your stack or you think you're going backwards, but you know, you're, you're a human. Yeah, exactly. 
think um, teaching our kids how we recover is huge. Um, yes. you know, everyone makes mistakes, but it's how we um, recover from those is, is what defines us, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm reminded of that constantly. I'm constantly apologizing to my kids. Like, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. That wasn't okay. Because we are human and we do do things that, um, you know, aren't perfect. Um, and that's okay. What, what yes. is important is that we acknowledge our mistakes and take responsibility um, and move forward. <laughs> yes. Because if we were perfect, definitely. We I'm always apologizing to my kids too. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I thought what was really interesting, I asked you if you vaccinated your kids and you said you did your first two. Talk to me about the journey with that. Um, so um, I like the term, prefer the term um, ex-vaxxers yep. um, because, you know, we, we learnt. We, um, my first two were fully vaccinated up until their um, four-year ones. Um, my son, I actually got his four-year ones against my husband's wishes. Um, he had already, um, he, he had always been against needles himself. Uh, that was listening to his instincts. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, again, we went along with what we thought was the right thing to do. Um, and we, both myself and both of the children, had reactions um, to them that we didn't... Um, correlate at the time it wasn't until looking back that um there were clear vaccine injuries and we were just very lucky that um we recovered from them yeah um, it's so were, fascinating but, isn't it we were saying this at the time it really you, is you don't have any perspective that I was saying to you about this for the pill for me at the time I said I have no side effects I don't know what people are talking about mm -hmm. um and then when I got off the pill mm -hmm. I was like oh, all these things that I was having you know the thrush the crazy emotions that wasn't normal, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I think it's been um, and normalized. The fact that the... Yeah, you go. Sorry. <laughs> um, the fact that doctors don't correlate it either. Like, um, you know, th th even even now with the vaccine injuries, they, you know, they, there's no correlation. It couldn't possibly be that. Yes, it's just all the big um, you know, so, doctor so coincidence strikes yourself again. until... Exactly. I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about the reactions that did happen. Um, so with my daughter, with her four-year ones, um, she woke up um, sort of screaming. Um, she said she had um, a severe headache. She was looking through us um she couldn't recognize who we were she um couldn't um count like she, she was very intelligent could count her numbers by then she couldn't count to 10 for us and we rushed her to hospital and um, she was projectile vomiting and wow. um they put it down to a migraine <laughs> and um not not long after that um myself i had the same reaction i can't remember now looking back if it was gardasil or the swine flu jab, um, mm -hmm. but it was one of those. Um, mm -hmm. And I had similar things, um, severe headache, projectile vomiting. Um, my tongue went numb and I couldn't talk properly. When I actually went in there, they um, questioned me for taking drugs. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, they never, you know, they, they don't make that correlation, do they? No, how soon after the um, vaccination did you guys have these reactions? 
Um, it was within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still, it wasn't until years later, looking back at the information that we made that connection ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating. And the other thing you were saying is that your first two had like ear infections and things like yes. that. And- yeah, um, always colds, ear infections, tummy problems. Um, and our youngest three who are completely unvaccinated, completely unmedicated, they've ne- not even had any Panadol. Um, Same as my, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss, um, our three, uh, our current eight-year-old, so mm-hmm. I, I say number three, I give them yeah. numbers. It's crazy. When, when I, you know, call out to them, I'll get their names wrong a million times, but I'll go number three. <laughs> like I always <laughs> get their number right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she burnt her hand um, just before she was three um, mm-hmm. and uh, she poured hot water on herself. Um, but th- And they did give her pain relief, but she preferred boob. Um, yeah. So um, she only had a couple of doses of pain relief and boob made it better. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think um, what's really interesting is how, yeah, doctors normalise these ear infections and the sickness yes. in children. It's like, yes. oh, yeah, that's just childhood illness. And it's like, no, mm, no. you know, <laughs> nope. my kids have had colds and, you know, a gastro. And, you know, I've actually I'm just recovering from a cold at the moment. You can hear my sexy voice. But um, <laughs> honestly, more than that, we haven't uh, um, had any illness. And people are, oh, you're just lucky. It's like it's not luck. It's because no. I'm not drugging my kids up and I'm having natural yeah. births and I'm yeah. um, breastfeeding and, you know, all those things. <laughs> I agree completely. Um, I breastfed the youngest three, um, so um, until they were the three and four, until they yeah. were five. Yeah. And I'm still feeding. Um, I'm still feeding my three-year-old now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm. I fully boob. Boob is gold. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. It really is liquid gold. Yeah. And when yeah. I first started trying to wean um, number three. Yeah. Um. I, it was funny that I, I'd sort of forgotten how to parent without my boobs. <laughs> I know little ones without my boobs because it just fixes everything I know it (laughs) does I know sometimes I think I use the boob a little bit too much um, I don't think that's possible no probably not (laughs) um and what about your first two how long did you feed them for because that would be interesting to see your mindset shift with that yeah exactly so both until only about five months Mm-hmm. um the first I used the language that she weaned herself off me oh my gosh um, yes this is so common and, and I love to speak to someone that's awake to this now so yeah talk to me about that. Oh, oh I just I spoke to my mum yesterday asking about my birth yes um, and, and I'm gonna ask you about that <laughs> I knew you were yeah. <laughs> um um so it was interesting to me that yeah she told me that I weaned myself off her at three months like okay. come on yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it was no I, I'd started pumping um to to give um my husband a chance to to feed, have that experience as well and to give myself a break I had everyone in my ear um and once she got used to the bottle um she was like well this is easy <laughs> and then yeah I had everyone in my ear, ear just put her on formula it'll be easier and I listened yeah and then um with my next one um I really wanted to get back to work mm-hmm. um um at, at four or five months or so and it I, I kept feeding for a little bit but um same thing it was just easier to bottle feed <laughs> I say now I'm too lazy to bottle feed <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's too much work <laughs> I know I remember seeing a mum in a um 
what do you call it, in a lift and the baby was screaming and obviously hungry and she was um, bottle feeding. And the poor mum, I felt for her because she was there trying to put the formula in the bottle and doing it. She was fumbling. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, breastfeeding would be so much easier right now. You could just put that baby on the boob. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Like yeah. if there's a certain kind of belief or indoctrination, breastfeeding doesn't seem like the right thing for everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about your own birth. Tell me about that. Um, so um, I'm an IVF baby. Um, my dad had had a vasectomy um, before he met my mum. They were both in their mid-30s when I was born, so a bit later. Yeah. Mum um, uh, had, um, oh, here we go again with their language, she was told her placenta was failing. Yeah. Um, and so it was hospitalized from 36 weeks, I think. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and was induced at 39 weeks because, um, you know, your baby's going to die because your placenta is failing. Which is interesting because um, what did you say? She was in there I, from 37 weeks. And for two weeks, the placenta just worked. <laughs> but it didn't stop. It stopped at 39 apparently, weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so um, she said, um, she mentioned that the um, OB used um, the smallest forceps there was. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. She's explained. <laughs> she says that he showed them to her afterwards and they looked like teaspoons. Um, so I'm not sure about that. I asked her if she had an episiotomy and um, she said she she didn't know what that was to start with and I explained mm-hmm. and she said she, she she said she didn't but um I said I'm pretty sure they do when they vacuum but or um, use forceps um yes anyway she said she didn't um mm-hmm. and and yeah postpartum that she said um that everything was was for I was just a champion breastfeeder she said apparently I I just had a, an awesome latch and and sucked hard and <laughs> um yeah so it, it's I epically I rolled when she said that I weaned myself off her at three months um because clearly I was having a good old time on there (laughs) and are you number one baby to your mum oh no um so I'm number three um um my brother is 13 years older than me oh wow um and he was born um apparently his birth was non full. But um, then there was a sister um, three or four years before me. Okay. Um, again, IVF, but there were problems. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I've only got what she told me and I can't really believe what they told her. <laughs> so um, she was, there, there were issues. There was an emergency cesarean very early um, and babe only survived about 10 minutes. Oh, wow. um, I think lungs weren't formed properly or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. It, it's a touchy subject, of course. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know. So I was number three for my mum. She, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Num- number three, full-term baby. Let's say. Yeah. And so there's only two of you. Is there any more after you? Oh, lost no, no, just yeah. us. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, oh, no, just, just, uh, 
Cool. Um, talk to me about um, when you first fell pregnant. You were quite young, yeah? Talk to me about yeah, that. <laughs> um, I was 16. Hubby was 19. We'd been together for two months and we said, let's have a baby. Wow. <laughs> so amazing. we threw the pill away and I got pregnant straight away. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there was no, um, chance for second thoughts or anything because I got mm-hmm. pregnant straight away. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, pregnancy at our first ultrasound at 13 weeks, um, they took us aside into a little room and, um, said that they think there is 0.2 millimeters too much, um, water in the sacs on the brain. Um, so too much cerebral spinal fluid um that they were saying she could have hydrocephalus and they offered to terminate oh my god um that was like our first experience and then from hubby and i had looked at each other and it was it was a no-brainer like we were going through with this no matter what like Mm -hmm. this is our baby that we created and that we'll deal with whatever comes with it um so from then on i was deemed high risk um had to see ob's um went um overdue um, so 41 plus three i'd um agreed to being induced because um i was completely trusting of them um i listened to everything they told me to i did all the tests that they asked of me i, I was a perfectly compliant patient mm-hmm. um yeah did you have morning sickness? <laughs> Went in at nine o'clock the night, uh, you know, they asked. Um, a little bit. I've been very blessed with all of my pregnancies to have had five awesome pregnancies with um, the morning sickness goes away pretty soon. Um, I had a bit of um, faint. I had high blood pressure um, with that only pregnancy. And yeah. I contribute that to stress of, yes. of it being a high risk pregnancy when it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but no, other, otherwise my pregnancy was was pretty good. Quickly, just before we go into the birth, so how, you were seventeen or sixteen throughout the pregnancy, and then seventeen at birth, and then how old were you for your last babe? Um, thirty four. Thirty thirty almost thirty four. Thirty three. I when I had my last babe, I was almost the exact same age that my mum was when she had me. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, <laughs> what was do you feel like a difference? Obviously, there's a difference in every pregnancy, but how different was your 16, 17 year old pregnancy to your 34 year old pregnancy for you? Um, besides from obvious age differences um, and being your first compared to your fifth, having other kids to run around after and stuff. Yeah. And my fifth was a complete autonomous pregnancy as well. Mm. So I didn't go anywhere near a hospital um, except for when I burnt my hand at 33 weeks. Um, but that's a different story. <laughs> and yeah. I only saw my GP um, when I felt like it too. I didn't go along with like the schedule of when they wanted. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So worlds apart worlds apart when when you're talking about um listening to my personal intuition Mm. trusting my body and my baby compared to completely trusting the system and the doctors yeah and I could imagine also um not that this has to be the case by any means but they probably um really treated you as a child in that first pregnancy and disrespected Um, you a lot or not 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. Yes and no. I don't know. Yeah, okay. And um, also yeah. just the mindset. Um, I was absolutely terrified of birth with my first. Yeah. Um, I was even in the in the advertiser in the newspaper here. Um, there was a journalist in one of my antenatal appointments asking if people wanted to to talk to them, and um, the headline. <laughs> I look. I was so angry reading the headline, like absolutely terrified, or something like that. And I mean, it's what I said, but that still, it, to pick that was, bit out of what was you more, said, yeah, definitely. And it sort of it was written more along the lines of like a terrified teenage mum than yes, terrified of birth. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, I did not have a good mindset going into, it. and you know what? I believe that that was would have contributed to the. I would have half manifested the the birth like the issues that happened you know I I was terrified and look what happened yeah yeah okay talk to me about the actual birth what happened so you said you were induced um, yeah so I went in there at nine o'clock the night before had gels inserted and um told to go to sleep and sort of left to it I don't remember being um bothered too much overnight um, they come in at about 7am in the morning and checked me and um, broke my waters. Um, uh, I remember getting the epidural really early um, because once they broke my waters, things had started coming on hard and fast and it had got too much too quick. Um, I was advised to stay in bed all day. I had no freedom of movement at all. Um, well, obviously after the epidural, I had to stay there, but um, I had a couple of top-ups as well. So I definitely couldn't feel anything complete coach pushing complete coach pushing for three four hours um apparently she was facing the wrong way and wasn't turning or just some ridiculousness they tried to say that it was such an emergency the room filled up with people but yeah they still made sure they took the time for me to I had to read like they made sure that I read this paperwork that I had to sign signing my rights away that literally if I died that's they're not liable yeah um you know so it clearly wasn't that much of a bloody emergency <laughs> no no right um talk to me about how you were feeling um you completely terrified um so my mother-in-law and and husband were there as well as as well as my mum um it seemed to be going down the same track of my husband's birth um, my mom, my mother-in-law um, technically um, died on the table, like they, they revived her. Um, and so both my husband and, and his mum were, were terrified as well of what was happening and hubby was getting very angry and irate at the doctors. And so um, he didn't come into theatre with, my mum came into theatre with me. Um, so just talking about the cesarean, um, the only thing I didn't feel was the incision. Oh. I felt the pulling and the tugging and uh, it, it was excruciating I felt like I was screaming the hospital down um I asked hubby and my mother-in-law after if they could hear me I asked mum like why why did they keep going why didn't they stop mum said I didn't make a sound wow i had internalized it all um yeah, I'm still shaking talking about it now. Um, it's uh, uh, that was 20 years ago. It's insane how much it it stays with us. And like, yeah, I, I can feel it. It's it's not it's not nice. It's yeah. And I 
yeah i i don't know what else to say there you know like it's it's what they have to do or whatever but um it's it's a traumatic experience yeah wow so do you remember her being placed on your chest or was she placed on your chest um no no she wasn't she was brought up sort of next to my head um for me to see her and then taken away to the you know other side of the room see I don't understand why they don't have the humidity crib like right next to mum like even without cesareans just in in normal births like if they feel that it's such an emergency like like cords shouldn't be cut immediately like you and I know that but you know um yeah so yeah she her cord was cut immediately she was taken to the other side of the room after just a quick little here's your baby and yeah I remember looking over the like trying to see the other side of the room and and not being able to see anything and yeah it's it's not a nice memory yeah and what about um breastfeeding with her was that a bit of a struggle because of the c-section or um so when um so the c-section was at about seven or almost 7 p.m at night so about 22 hours after she was inserted um, at about 9 p.m., um, I'm in my my room. Um, they wheel her in in her little you know thing that they're in, and here's your baby. And they left me to it. Wow. Um, and I'm lucky that I had my mother-in-law there. So I'm like, what do I do? Like I I couldn't even stand up. I still had a cannula inserted. I could barely even pick up my baby. Um, yeah. So pre- breastfeeding, she was good. Um, thankfully, I I got that pretty naturally um with the first one and um, that's one thing that i'd like to talk about later on is that i've had the most trouble with my breastfeeding with four and five and really? you think that you know um yeah yeah you'd think that um you, you're a natural you're i'm a pro by now surely everything would be fine but no but yeah um, let's delve into that a bit so, later well, yeah yeah that's interesting um, so um they did um, that, so yeah, 9 p.m. they brought the baby in. At about 2 a.m., two midwives came in, woke me up, took the cannula out, and said, "You need to get up and go to the toilet." <laughs> like, it would have been on the list of jobs to do. Yes, no, no personalized right. care. Just oh, no, that's exactly right. Policy says yeah. I have to wake you up X amount of hours after the birth, and now you have to do a wee by yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah yeah right um and how was that crazy no oh, yeah yeah I, I was able to get up and I, I I remember telling them like I can't even walk what are you telling me and they're like no love you can walk that and so yeah it's it was funny the next my next birth um I did have the epidural early but it had worn off by then and I remember after um the I'll talk more about that later. That's okay. Yeah. In that in that birth, because that's part of it. So yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. No, no, let's let's go to your second birth. Is there anything else you want to say about your first birth? No, no, that's that's yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay. So your second birth, you said after the trauma of that first C section, you just booked in for another C section. Is that right? Or you, yep. you... I was under the belief that um, once a cesarean, always a cesarean. I was told, why would you want to go through all that drama again? Um, just book in. And so I did. Yeah. And uh, I totally um, get that mindset. When you've had so much trauma for some people, 
they don't want to face that again because it is really, really painful to face that. Yes, definitely. And emotionally uh, as yeah. well as physically. Like, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a mental barrier to get past. Yeah. Um, so my hubby's grandfather um, passed away when I was 38 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came to me in a dream and he told me to cancel the cesarean. He said, you don't need that. You, you've got this. You, you've, you know what you're doing. And um, we were like, oh, my gosh, what, what do we do? Um, we decided to keep the booking. But if I went into labor naturally, that I would try naturally. And I woke up in labor the day before I was booked in. That's amazing. <laughs> um, it was really special. And so we went in there um, at the time. I, I hadn't said anything to them about the dream. Like they thought I was still just wanting the cesarean and um so I get there and I let them know that no I'm I want I want to birth this baby vaginally and um, at the time I thought they were so supportive um they kept going yeah you sure you really you really want to go through this um we can have theater ready waiting for you you don't have to do this and they kept saying it over and over again throughout the day and um yeah no they were trying to coerce me hard just to go back to have surgery Mm -hmm. um but I think at about 2 p.m. or um, we had, I had this massive um, big window in my room that um, opened out onto the parklands here in Adelaide. And um, as, as he was birthing, the, um, the sun was beaming in the window. It just it felt like Pa was, was involved. It, yeah. it was a beautiful experience for sure. But, um, yeah, so I said I had the epidural, um, but it had worn off. Um, again, coach pushing on my back but um, everything was fine. They did um, immediately clamp the cord. Um, I didn't know better. They tried to, to make an emergency when I doubt there was one, um, but they sort of, they took him away. My husband went with him and um, they said, like, we'll take him away while you sort yourself out. And I just went along with it. Like I didn't, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I should have been like, no, give me my baby. But I, I wasn't, I didn't think that at the time. Um, We're taught but, to be good little girls and just like obey what exactly, the authority tells us. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this was the part that I was going to say before. The midwives tried to, um, I said, I'm going to have a shower and they were cleaning up. Um, I think I had some stitches and everything when they were done I said I'm going to get up and have a shower before I go and see my son um they said just wait um you're not going to be able to walk and I'm like listen trust the epidural just wore off I can telling you I felt everything I can walk and I've just pushed them away and just walked myself to the shower and like there, there were so many things looking back that should have woke me up if you like to 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 listening to myself and not them yeah but um yeah, so like within an hour, I was down at the nursery and giving him a first feed, and um, he was a champion breastfeeder as well. And but um, yeah, that would have been yeah, still that, that, in the days that they took them to the nursery. How old is he? Fifteen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. Interesting. Yeah, and so he fed like a champion, <laughs> but you said you weaned him a little bit later because you said. Your daughter was what five months, and how old was he? Yeah, no, they were both about five months. Oh, okay, both five um, months. Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely didn't wean himself off me. He was boob obsessed. Um, yeah. it it was it was a, a task to get him off, but I was determined to just go to bottles. Um, 
because I look back now and like, what were you thinking? Breastfeeding was too hard for me back then. Now it's like bottle feeding is too bloody hard. (laughs) Why? I mean, um, you said you really wanted to go back to work. What was that about? Was that financial or did you feel like you needed to go back to work um, because of, you know, a status kind of thing or what was it for you? It was financial and um, a bit of both. Um, I was working and um, with first and hubby stayed at home yeah and um we were going to do the opposite this way around but um he was having trouble um finding work and i had a government job so um it just it just made sense for me to you know at the time a well-paying government job that i absolutely love like that again aged care that that was my passion at the time yeah and and so it just made sense for, for me to go back to work instead of him struggling yeah you know, in shitty shitty factory jobs and stuff so yeah yeah I think the interesting thing is as well I'm just <laughs> thinking about it you know you can I don't know you probably did you put him in daycare or anything no you didn't okay I was just gonna say like the interesting thing with like the way the world works is like they give you free daycare if you I mean this wouldn't have been a thing back then but if you vaccinate and then that you can go back to work oh like, yeah they give you all these things to incentivize you to do everything that's kind of against your intuition. And that's not necessarily your case, but for so many people, they want to kind of funnel you in this certain kind of direct kind of route that works for them and you making money for the government because you're paying taxes. (laughs) Yeah. I remember back then there was a vaccination payment from Centrelink. Like once they had their 18 month vaccinations that you got, like a $180 payment or something. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. so back then they used to give you an extra payment and now they just don't Yeah, now, now we have money taken away from us. Yeah. 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 Wow. Interesting. Um, okay. And so talk to me about your third birth. You said that was the best birth. Is that right? Oh, yes, it was. Um, so I, I joke that we have sort of two sets of kids because it took me years to convince hubby to have more after we had our pigeon pair. We were both on the same page. We were both done. We didn't want any more kids. And then my friends around me started having babies and I got clucky. And um, so, yeah, um, number three's birth. Um, it was like two days before her guest date. Um, I completely changed the script in this pregnancy. Um, so I, I was still attending hospital appointments, but I was declining a few things. Um, still not declining everything. It's really been a, a journey in, in my um, pro- progression to, yeah, to trusting yeah, yeah. myself. Um, but yeah, the birth, um, I woke up in labor, um, uh, sort of just paced around the backyard um with my dogs for a bit um and (laughs) I was sort of humming loudly um I hadn't woken anyone up until about nine and then um leaning over the trampoline and and hubby's like yeah I think it's time to go to the hospital I'm like no we're not going he's like yes we're going right now (laughs) and um we're only I think about seven minutes away from the hospital and I'd had three contractions in the car there and some contractions walking to the desk and a couple at the desk while we were signing in and um thankfully I had um an older midwife who really respected me um I had requested a water birth but she wasn't um water birth certified so that was out um I was okay with that because I um, was in the mindset that I was gonna just go along with what what was like um 
I was more trusting of the universe at this point. So, you know, if the midwife I got wasn't meant for water birth, then I wasn't going to have a water birth. Um, yeah. I since have have realized um i don't like the term land birther but i'm i'm not a water birther i like birthing out of water i do like yeah, laboring in the shower yeah yeah I totally showering, um, yeah is the best but not bathing in water and um, not birthing in water yeah um so um i'd got to the hospital um with only 18 minutes before she um popped out into my hands um i birthed her into my own hands um, the midwife had completely um, stood back and not done a thing, oh, except um, she wiped my poop. This was the first time <laughs> that I'd pooped uh, yeah. in labour. Um, a but yeah, very she didn't real even thing call. that happens and many people yes. don't talk about. So hats off to you to like being honest well, telling people that's like completely normal. I pooped in my last three labors and yeah. yeah so I pooped in three out of five that I know of I, I could have in my first two I don't even know yeah yeah <laughs> um and I remember at the time I'm like I'm so sorry and she's like no don't even worry about it and stepped back again um so she didn't even call the second midwife in which is policy um yeah. because um she knew that um other midwives wouldn't respect my wishes to leave me the hell alone Mm-hmm. Um, and she sort of she just used the oh it came on too quickly type thing and um, what meant so much to me after she she was an older midwife probably you know 50s at least mm-hmm. um, she thanked me afterwards for um, wanting a physiological birth like she had not been able to witness that in her whole career which I wow. think is so sad um, it's yeah it well, this is I, the I problem, know. isn't it? Most midwives and doctors haven't seen a physiological birth. Yes. Ever yep. in their career. They've seen vaginal births and natural births, but not physiological births. Yes, or if that's they, the difference. If mm. they have, it would be very, very few and far between. Yes. Yes. I mean, so I, even. Um, yeah, you go. Um, the, the vaginal births, like um, with um my son yeah the the um artificial rupture of membranes like mm-hmm. all the yeah it's it's all the little things yeah we could even say going into hospital is exactly is an intervention absolutely yeah yeah, yeah it, it's only little things but you don't realize how much they can impact your birth mm-hmm. yeah big time that's uh-huh. what I remember feeling with my free birth the, the difference in like like so with number four um i labored for 36 hours at home and just having that when you're going to go into hospital type thing just that that blocker such a blocker yeah I could totally see that it's like I have to wait and it's exactly the same as uh, I said this before on the podcast but with a midwife you have to wait (laughs) for your midwife to arrive because it's only safe when your midwife arrives um yeah yeah so you're like stalling on should I call them yet or should I not instead of just like allowing your body to flow in a natural state and whoever's there is there yeah even as far as you know not not medical like even a birth photographer or your mom or you've got in that mindset that you're gonna call someone out yeah 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 completely agree um and I think that's why it's important not to get locked into saying yeah I have to have this person here until I birth I mean it could even be your husband you know I don't know um or your mom or whoever 
Like you can't rely on anyone else outside. Well, you can, but then it becomes light on them. Um, it becomes outside of you. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's I love listening to your happen. birth stories and and how you um, think about um, just 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 your mindset and <laughs> how how you you change through your both pregnancies. Yeah, I know. And it's when I thought I was so liberal in my first one, but I was so outside the box, man. Um, and I wonder what's to come for me next, you know. <laughs> How much more radical can I get? Not that it's about being <laughs> radical, but open-minded and um, yeah, you know, open to new thoughts and ways and things. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, sorry, where were we? Um, That's okay. So after number three's perfect, yeah. wonderful, you know, blissful birth, I've, I've written that up as, as the blissful birth of, yeah. of harmony. Like, um, um, so I had this ridiculous, I, I recognise it as a ridiculous, naive confidence that oh, all of my subsequent births are going to be just as perfect, but not only that, everybody needs to witness a perfect birth. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Um, and so I wanted, um, I had my mum-in-law and her wife, my stepmom, um, I had a student midwife, um, so my husband and my, our three other kids, and then the two midwives that are meant to be, they were all in the room for the birth of number four. Wow, it, that's I like, don't like recommend it at 10 all. Ten <laughs> people or something, that's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it definitely wouldn't be allowed now in, in current world times, but it, it's crazy that they allowed that even yeah. six years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was talking about this to a midwife friend the other day and it is important for other women to see birth, but... <laughs> How do we do that? But it's not a circus. Yeah. It's not a circus. It's not like a, I guess what it would be is like you just, everyone experiencing birth with their closest friend or their mother, their mother's birth or, you know, things like that. But yeah, do we, the problem is that, yeah, most people will never see a natural birth. And so someone like you was like, yeah, let's, let's show them this birth. But then that was detrimental (laughs) to your actual birth. So it's kind of, yeah, completely pointless. Um, yeah, so talk, talk to me about what happened with the, the circus of people there. Oh, 100% it was just a mind. So um, to start with, her guest date was on my birthday. And oh, wow. so I had that sort of mental thing about um, I, I've got a friend who has a baby on her birthday. And so I thought how cool that would be. Um, I was also pregnant at the same time as um, my, a different cousin of my husband's. Mm-hmm. Um, and our guest date was the same. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty cool, um, except she had him at about 37, 38 weeks or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so um, it was like, oh, that, you know, why? <laughs> you know, um, I had prodromal labour for about two, three weeks as well. So sort of every single night I would think that, oh, it's happening. I'd, I'd get excited. I'd dance around and way around and then it would fizzle out um and so this uh saturday so my birthday came and went um and then i think it was about 40 plus four or 40 plus five or something um again it had started at about 10 30 at night and um this time it didn't stop um so it had kept going for about 10 15 minutes in between um 
you know, sometimes it'd be um, closer together, sometimes more apart, but they kept going. Um, and so I'd called um, my mum and, uh, and her wife the next day to come over because they had just missed um, number three. So they were going to be there for number three. Mm-hmm. But um, with that being so quick, um, yes. it didn't happen. So we were determined that they were going to be there this time. So um, they'd come over at about midday on Sunday. And um, yeah, that, that was all, all great. You know, I, I was um, keeping myself hydrated and um, you know, eating fruit and chicken and whatever my body wanted me to eat. Mm-hmm. And I just labor kept going. <laughs> um, I was sleeping out in the lounge room at this point, um, just through um, restless legs and, and heartburn and stuff. And so we, we'd offered them our bed and we'd stayed in the lounge room and I'd didn't get much sleep and it was about 10 a.m the next morning so I'd been in labor for like 36 hours at that point and oh my god their contractions were getting closer now they were about five minutes apart but I still wasn't like I wasn't going to the hospital until um they were two minutes apart like I'd, I'd said to them that, that I need to have five contractions in 10 minutes or I'm not going <laughs> and yeah. um they were god I love them dearly but that you know they were getting concerned um and as we're aware people's energies around us can can affect us they they have the um the best intentions but yes um, well this is this is the other problem because they'd never been at a birth until mm -hmm. however old they were at that point is Mm -hmm. that that they had so much fear around birth so then you're having people that are fearful in your space which is completely counterproductive right Uh uh-huh yeah exactly um but I'd agreed to go in at about um I think it was about 10 30 or so so I got in um I did get a lovely midwife um in there who um I had a very strict birth plan so this pregnancy there was decline decline declined at every single prenatal appointment I didn't go to every appointment I sort of would go to the ones that I'd wanted to and like literally declined everything um I accepted the 20 week scan and that was it yeah well wow. <laughs> I, I didn't didn't agree to anything else and so I was already you. in their mind the naughty you know the non-complier mm-hmm. type thing and um the when I got there the head of obstetrics on shift she hadn't seen my birth plan beforehand and I'd, I'd said you know no cannula um which is policy um, after a VBAC, you have to have a cannula apparently, and which I did have with number two. There wasn't enough time with number three. And I wasn't, I was refusing it with number four. Like I, if, if that was needed, you can do it then, but I'm not doing in case shit. Um, yeah. And there's a, there was a waiver. Of course I had to sign the waiver because that was against medical you know, advice. Um, and she sort of stormed in um, with her air of authority and, Kept, kept trying to talk to me mid-contraction I'm almost in transition at this point as well um and just I, I was refusing the cannula of course and she wouldn't give me that damn paper and I was like just give me the paper and fuck off out of my like I ended up just you need to get the fuck out of my birth space right now um she was so rude and condescending she's like well what are you even doing here Oh, and that's where I just, I saw red and fire. I'm like, because you bastards wouldn't let me do this at home. Like, so again, the language, um, yes. you're not eligible for the publicly funded home birth as a VBAC. Yes. And um, I wasn't going to pay a private midwife. And so, um, yeah, you bastards wouldn't let me type thing. I, I'm here for your facilities. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> type yeah. thing. Um, so she sort of, 
after the whole room of people that were in there started yelling at her as well, she left with her tail between her legs. Um, so, yeah, so I kept going into the shower, sort of locking myself in the room so they couldn't come near me and the midwives kept trying to come in and check with their Doppler um, because I refused um, to have the continuous monitoring. Yeah. Um, that was the other thing. The obstetrician wasn't happy with either. Um, and I'm a very loud labourer as well. Yeah. So I'm a very loud moaner, groaner, whatever. I was screaming with her. She, <laughs> she, she was also OP. Um, mm -hmm. So we were back anyway. Um, but yeah, I was screaming and um, I felt my waters pop in the shower um, sort of waddled that they said you can't have her in a shower and I've, I've waddled back to the bed um um and her head I'm on my I'm on my knees and her head had popped out and um they've dived in straight away so she had a, a nuchal cord times three she yeah. had her cord wrapped around her neck her shoulder and her neck and um they panicked once her head the second her head was out they've dived in to try and untangle and um, I'm screaming, get away from her. Like, I didn't even know she was a her yet either. So this is how, like, my intuition is just yes. like, yes, get away from her. And they, you know, they wouldn't listen. They kept doing their thing. So having a student midwife as well. So um, I had the midwife talking, the student midwife through. Trans In reality, it was only a couple of minutes, but it felt like eternal and I'm just like, where is she just like get away from her I just I wanted to birth my baby into my own hands like Why I did hell? number three get away people <laughs> well like I I have to send you the video so you've got the footage to see um because it, it irks I get so angry to look back and even um a few weeks ago I think I said this to you before a few weeks ago I spoke to my husband we were talking about it and he's like well yeah you know it's lucky that they were there that they they did that though and I'm like no <laughs> no they needed to leave me alone like she was fine like the way they'd sort of they'd half pulled her out so she's still half in me her torso is out and they're unwrapping her and I could feel my placenta being tugged on oh it my god just like and I'm just screaming like get away and uh, yeah so eventually she come out and I'm all euphoric and you know thank you and yes like all we do. that yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah it angers the fuck out of me to watch now I sit there with tears streaming and like I'm I'm doing it now I've put indents in my hands with my nails like <laughs> um, yeah it angers me that, that we think that this has to be that way like they genuinely thought they had to do that they the midwives genuinely yeah. thought they helped like, yeah yeah it's Absolutely. madness it is it is so after that there was no way I was going anywhere near a damn hospital <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your free birth story so um I had a complete autonomous pregnancy um, I saw my GP when I felt like it mm -hmm. under no sort of schedule of, of timing or anything. Um, at, he's been my GP my entire life. Um, he was my mum's GP when she was pregnant with me. Wow. And so he's probably got a bit of a soft spot for me. Um, yeah. Uh, he was very supportive but also very concerned at the same time um, at every appointment he'd ask like 
So can I let the hospital know? No, he will not. <laughs> um, he respected me um, very well. That's lovely that he did um, that regardless. A partial. Sorry. Definitely. Yeah. 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 No, don't be. <laughs> so I requested a partial morphology um, scan at 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very strict with you. Um, so I just did that uh, at a private, private um, radiology place. Yeah. Um, uh, and they were lovely. They respected me really well. I said, you've got 10 minutes. That's that's it. Um, and I just wanted to, um, for placental placement. Um, yep. That that was just my own sort of little thing. And I said, well, you know, while you're in there, you can check um, you know, brain, heart, spine type thing. Do whatever you can do in 10 minutes. And, um, yeah, they were lovely. Great. Um, so that was the only oh, – I had um, a blood test, you know, the initial blood test just to make sure my levels were okay, et cetera. Um, but that was the only test or – whatever um the whole pregnancy mm -hmm. yeah. um i would i would let him check my blood pressure and i would let him um uh belly map i guess you'd call it. you know i'd let did him he have, type thing did he have any experience with that is he like a? oh yes um so um he has all these letters after his name he actually was a home birth gp years and years oh and years wow ago, that's and why that he was so allowed that's why he's so open-minded. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, because your story of a GP that is supportive of free birth, I think, even though he wasn't fully on board with it, but he respected your wishes. Um, yeah. It's is, not normal. Yeah. It's very unique, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very lucky there. It doesn't have to be. I mean, I think it also has to do with... Um, maybe the way that you held yourself and said, this is what I'm doing. Definitely. This is what I'll Definitely. allow you I'm to very do. headstrong. Yes. That, that's, that's the words that I use. That's right. So I flipped the script on the language Yeah. and it was 100% my pregnancy in my control. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'd, I'd sort of tried to do that with number four. Um, and, and I did that as best I could in the system. Um, but it, this takes a lot of fight. Like mm -hmm. I just, I just, I didn't want the fight. I didn't want yeah, why? to keep why? having to hold myself. So, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. We, we shouldn't have to, um, I don't, I don't know the language I'm looking for here. We, we shouldn't have to um, sort of justify ourselves so much, you know, if, if we don't want to test or if we don't want something like a, and we shouldn't be treated like we're uneducated or whatever. Like we, we are the authority on our own body that absolutely no one else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I could not agree more. <laughs> um, it's kind of the same as Marin Green when she went into hospital with her 10th um, of indie birth and, you know, she had a hands off birth because she kind of owned the space and said what was going to be happening. Um, yeah but it's a bloody pain in the ass to have to fight for that and why yeah I do that it's sort of like um everything in my life I try and I don't try and fight things I just go and do what I want <laughs> it's like yeah I'm just gonna go do this <laughs> that's awesome I love that <laughs> I think there's a that's place pretty much us these days <laughs> yeah I think there's a place 
um, for it and, you know, hats off to the people that try and change the system, but it's an uphill battle, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed for sure. Um, so um, yeah. tell me more. Um, let me see. Um, so my guess, she was sort of two days after the guest date. Um, I didn't um, find out gender again. We didn't find out the gender in the last three. Um, I'd woken up, woken up in labour again um, and I sort of j- just not having that um, thought in the background of having to call someone or having to go somewhere or just, just having it completely on my own terms, you know, sh- showering and checking myself. I, I checked my own self. Um, that's, that's what I felt, you know, at the time. Um, and I could, I could feel the dissension, you know, as she was coming down. Um, yeah, it was, it was just all, it was so surreal to me that it, it was, I just kept thinking to myself that we're actually doing this, that this is actually happening and, and we're doing it well. And, and, it was just so calm and there was no rushing there was no nothing it mm-hmm. was just after I remember feeling just how normal it felt like yes. it was a it was a big deal like it was the biggest deal of our lives but also the most natural the most instinctual thing that we'd ever done like absolutely I, I can't agree more yeah it's just like oh it's so simple not to say that it wasn't um intense or anything like that but it's like yeah Yeah. this is birth normal you know yeah that's right like I can't even use the word painful um it was definitely intense but it's not a pain um yeah I don't know I mean I was (laughs) I I was saying to her like you need to come out now Bobby like uh you're hurting me come out yeah <laughs> like, um yeah but, <laughs> but um, that 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 feel it's it's a different feeling yeah absolutely um tell me about the placenta that came out fairly easily after yeah yes um also after pains oh my gosh um if you've read that after pains um get worse with more kids it's true <laughs> I, I didn't believe it but those after pains with number five felt worse than the labor pains and they come on hard and fast. And I like, I think my blood pressure was spiking and I was having like the, the, the eye flashes and um, the, the pain was full on. Um, so I, I birthed her sort of on my knees over the couch yeah, and then sort of like sat back on um, leaning against hubby, like in crying out in euphoria, like we did it. And, um, it's just so calm and peaceful. <laughs> um, it's such but, a good feeling uh, after, hey? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so placenta, I moved to the couch um, at this point mm-hmm. and had, um, like we have a modular, so um, I, I was sat in the corner seat type thing and I just, when I felt it coming, I sort of leaned forward so I was sort of squatting over in that corner type thing and held the bowl underneath and hubby was holding baby and out it plopped (laughs) easy (laughs) but yeah you said the after pains were really intense I have a question are they intense but shorter or intense but the same length do you know what I mean like because yeah what I've read is like shorter I think 
Yeah, okay, because what I've read or understand is that, like, your body gets better at getting the uterus back down smaller, but it's happening faster and more intense. So, yeah, okay, do you think it was shorter but more intense? Is that right? That makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I would have to agree with that. Okay, cool. And I want to talk, so we didn't get to it yet, the feeding with four and five, you said that was challenging. Talk to me about that. Um, so number four and five, they both got really shallow latches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think ties or anything, but just a shallow latch. Um, and it would take me forever to get that bloody latch right. Um, I would be constantly, um, you know, sticking my little pinky in to unlatch them and put them back on, sometimes up to a dozen times. Um, mm-hmm. I never went and sought um, assistance. I, I knew I could. I knew it was available, but I was just persistent to, to deal with it myself. And, um, yeah, it, 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 was, it was a thing to me that, like, this, this should be – I mm-hmm. should be a pro at this, right? Like, I'd been feeding for however long. Like, I've been feeding for nine years straight now. Mm-hmm. It's, like – it should be normal I was feeding number three so I was tandem feeding and um but yeah so that was interesting to me that it what? took a bit for both four and five to to get the hang of it yeah how long did would you say it took a weeks I'd say weeks um yeah. you know maybe even to five six weeks yeah right interesting um, yeah did you have um vomity babies I'd say number four and five were a bit vomiting yeah I just asked that because my babies were vomity babies and I wonder um <laughs> if it's some weird kind of latch thing or tongue tie even I don't know I've never had anything diagnosed I'm not into that um but I I agree and I, I think the same actually because number three um never really she wasn't really a chucker and yeah. never had any problems and so that, that's a correlation that I thought about before as well yeah I mean I never had any trouble feeding it was always really easy for me but it was more that I think they were gulping a lot of air maybe maybe the latch wasn't perfect the the gulping yeah that's right yeah interesting so back at the birth I forgot to mention um number five had meconium in a oh yes tell me about that yes it was really dark um so um (laughs) hubby knew not to talk to me mid-contraction but when the waters popped and it was dark green, he told me that mid-contraction. <laughs> and wow. I was like, don't tell me that. <laughs> but, um, you know, once that, that wave had passed and I'd calmed down and I'd, I'd breathed and I'm like, it's okay, guys, that's, that's fine. I'm not concerned about that. I had a list of things um, that I was willing to go to hospital for. I wasn't, I wasn't against going to the hospital if it no. was necessary. It was just yeah. going to be my call if it was yes. necessary. Yes. And meconium was a variation that wasn't on my list, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even I was even willing to go through different manoeuvres for shoulder dystocia type thing that like yeah. they're pretty much prolapse was <laughs> one of the only things that would have sent me to hospital type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd calmed down and said everything's okay. She she was born within a couple of minutes later, and I I just said to both my um, husband and my eldest um, that we'll assess it when when she comes out. Just everything's fine. Just let's keep going. She's 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 coming down. That's we'll just go with it as it is. Now um because when the head popped out, that was the probably the most hardest part for hubby and my daughter to. Um, that's when you can see in the video the the um, 
the fear in, in my husband's face. Um, he trusted me. He had full faith in me. He even told me I should do number four at home. But, um, you know, this is where that trauma because of number four. Um, so heads popped out and both hubby and my eldest have a hand on each of my butt cheeks trying to separate my butt cheeks. Oh, wow. I was like, hands off, hands off, hands off. And so um, they, they both stepped back and, you know, let, let me do it. Like, uh, and yeah, so, yeah this is exact- so common, hey, like well-meaning family members trying yes. to help out because... Yep. They're so used to probably seeing videos of hands on births or being in a hospital birth where there was hands yep. and everything. Oh, the way to help is put my hands on and try and do something because that's yep. physically helping. It's like the best thing you could do is just step away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you know, babe come out. I'd birthed her almost exactly the same as number three, sort of swooped up after my chest. Um, she did make that initial squawk. Um, but I'd sort of, I turned her over on my arm and sort of rubbed her back. And um, I did instinctually um, suck out some mucus out of her mouth and nose and spat it out. Like that was just, I had read about that and I wasn't against doing it, but it was just instinctually, like I didn't even think about it. That's just yep. what, what, yeah. What you yeah. did. Every, everything, it was so instinctual. And, so beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. Talk to me about your husband. You said he was always on board with the free birth. Was there any convincing needed or was oh, he? Oh, no, no. If it was any convincing, it was me. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he had, you know, seen what I'd been through and what I was capable of and and knew that, that I didn't need them. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I needed to go through number four to, to accept that myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's extremely supportive. He's, he's awesome. That's wonderful. I'm interested in how you exactly came to the decision to free birth. Obviously, all the shit in hospital, but was it just that that awoke you to the idea of free birth? No, it was ultimately taking the responsibility on myself and yeah. having that autonomy, yeah. not having to fight, mm-hmm. um, sort of the same um, thought process of, on homeschooling, really. Like, yes. you know, we'd, we'd had enough of complaining there. about the school. Yeah, exactly. And so we took that accountability onto ourselves. Um, same with birth. Yeah, yeah, it was just like I, we don't need them unless we need them and I will determine if I need them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's so fascinating, isn't it? Like I feel like <laughs> you go down the rabbit hole when maybe for some people it's homeschooling first or other things. For me it was free birth first or home birth <laughs> and then you kind of go, oh, yeah, look at all these other areas of my life where I'm not taking yes. responsibility or I could take more responsibility and how empowering yes. that is. Yes, um, without question. And um, we do, we, with our homeschooling, we like to, the, we prefer the term life learning because yeah. um, we definitely don't school at home. Yeah. Um, but, and, and there's no, like, I plan to keep educating myself until it's like the day I die. Like it's, it's a life thing. It's, and we don't box um, things into categories or subjects. Like, yes, no, no, no. Life, life isn't into category or subjects. Life is this eclectic, big awesome thing that's all interlinked yeah absolutely exactly um 
And do you have a community that you homeschool with or do you mostly do it alone or talk to me about that? Uh, It took years to find our community. Um, But yes, we have, we're actually, my youngest, um, not my youngest, um, number three (laughs) is is, um, a bit anxious right now about if we're going to make it to Story Club today. Oh, okay. Um, we go and um, visit our friends and um, they, they write us a story each week that they tell each other and that that's one thing that we do at the moment. But, yeah, I, we do have our little community that is extremely important to us. Yeah, I yes. think that's a big thing with homeschooling. I mean, that was probably my main concern and, you know, we've got a great community here as well, but it takes time to build and I kind of built it myself, you know. I started, You have to build it yourself, yeah. Yeah, a little Facebook group with another friend and, you know, now <laughs> we have a group of, you know, like last week was 12 families there and we've got a homeschooling Aww. co-op and, you know, it's beautiful. Um, That's beautiful. But it is also scary. You're like a bit of a trailblazer. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, here I am going out. I'm doing something that nobody I know does, you know. Yeah. But, I keep seeing more people now, like um, today on Instagram, I connected with a girl I went to home, um, homeschool, I went to school with, like high school with, and she homeschools. I was like, that is really cool. And she homeschools for different reasons. She's religious, but I'm like, awesome. I said, like, come along to our group, like diverse (laughs) groups of people are important. Um, Yes. Yes, definitely. And that's the best part about homeschooling, hey, is that the the, the diversity. Mm. We're all so different. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I better wrap it up there um, so you guys can get to story <laughs> Thank time. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was so wonderful to chat, Christy. I really love your story because you have a real um, understanding of both sides because so many people um, don't either go just one or the other um, and you've got that whole spectrum. So I think that's going to be a really interesting listen for our listeners. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for giving me the space to do so. I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Christy. I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Renegade Mama. If you would like to connect with me, submit a birth story, or just find out a little more about what I do, check out my website at therenegademama.co. Or you can connect with me on Facebook as The Renegade Mama or Instagram as the underscore renegade underscore mama. Lastly, can I ask you share this episode with at least one other person? I want every woman to know it's possible to birth in her power. So please share far and wide. Until next week, remember to follow your intuition, not the institution. We are sovereign. We have... If you like the Renegade Mama podcast, then leave a review. You can do so on iTunes or our Facebook page. The Renegade Mama is released weekly on both Apple iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts.